Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Templey. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. to an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one to court appoint one for you. You understand your rights? Your crime spree was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But Detective Overtone made you should have turned to shit. <laughs> This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show. The facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I appreciate you for tuning in and listening. So, but. Stay tuned for some announcements at the end of the show, but as always at the beginning, I want to say thank you to each and every one of y'all. I appreciate you so much for helping us grow and you sharing us and liking us. I'm getting people 
from all over every day that say, oh my God, such and such shared this with me and I've been binging the whole thing. I get it and I love it and I appreciate you. We don't have the big production companies promoting us. We have lifers and you're the best in the world. Patron members, I love you, love you, love you. You know, I couldn't do the show without you. If you're not a patron member, you need to check it out. For the monthly donation, we give a lot for the different levels. So y'all check that out. But thank you and you peeping Toms who got to take advantage on the VIP for the crew bash. Congratulations. We're going to have a blast. And I love y'all and I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am going to get started. So I've been thinking about this episode for a while and it's going to be different. And it's going to be a bunch of different stories, right? And But let me tell you what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it complaints. Complaints, okay? Now, when you're a cop, Especially today, right? Everybody has a camera and social media and, and everything you do as a cop is scrutinized, et cetera. Even back in my day, you always, always were going to get complaints from time to time. And I want to tell you all some of mine that were sticking into my head. And there's a reason, and I think you'll figure out in the next week or two, there's a reason I'm doing this episode. And we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But that being said... One of the first complaints I remember, and you might get a chuckle out of this, that I was in uniform patrol at Southeastern Louisiana University, the police department, all right? And the year, it was, the month was May, and I had been, let's see, it was May, and I had a seven arrests for the year in the month of May. That's five months in, right? And I was three ahead of the next po- person in the department. You know, when I was with Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, there are nights that I arrested 10 or more people, okay? So think about it. I mean, seven months. But why? Because Southeastern didn't want you arresting anybody. I mean, they they wanted more of a rent-a-cop, more of a uh, someone just to keep the peace, take the basic complaints, go, you know, help people change their tires and shit like that. Well, it really wasn't me. They want you to write campus tickets. I didn't write tickets. I don't like writing tickets, right? But there wasn't a whole lot to do on campus at nighttime, and I worked the night shift, y'all, other than, you know, you could run radar on the streets that surrounded the, the campus, and, of course, I did. And the DWIs, most of the time I pass them off to somebody else because it's three hours of paperwork for a misdemeanor. Uh, if I couldn't help them out, I passed them off to somebody else. But the tickets, mm, very seldom wrote one. You had to be a real asshole. Uh, um, but I'm going to tell you about this first complaint that I remember. This guy, I stopped him on the in- interior campus, one of the streets where it's like 15 miles an hour. It was at nighttime. And I said, I wasn't even really trying to stop anybody, but uh, I had the radar on. It was mounted to the dash. And this dude's coming like 43 miles an hour in a 15. Well, that. You know, if you're on the outside where it's a four lane or something like that, okay, you know, but I was going to stop this guy anyway and check him out. So I stop him, get him out. He gets out. He's a student athlete. He's got, you know, he's looking at me like I'm a run a cop, first of all. He, and he talked. He was a little bit of a smart ass or whatever, but not too much. And, and I didn't want to write a ticket. I said, listen, man. He said, oh, man, I'm coming from, you know, such and such. And, you know, first of all, he said, why do you stop me? So I stopped you because you were hauling ass. And, you know, he didn't appear to be high or anything like that. And But he just had a little bit little bit of attitudes towards me. I said, look, bro, I said, just slow it down. I'm not trying to write you a ticket. Now, we had the choice. We could write a campus ticket, which 
uh, they just had to pay to the school and it didn't go on the driving record. Or we had a state ticket book, right, which is like every regular cop writes you from, and you had to go to regular court, not not the university. But I didn't write him either. I didn't give him a warning. I, I wasn't about that. I just, you know, I gave everybody a chance the first time. I let him go. Shit, it wasn't two nights later. Or my, I guess the next time I came on shift, we worked two on, two off, three on, two off. But the next time I came on shift, it's like 9 o'clock at night, and here comes this dude, and he drove a Mercedes. Dude in his Mercedes rolling like 47 miles an hour in the 15, and I stopped him. I said, and he got out. He said, man, you harassing me. I said, no, motherfucker, I'm not harassing you. You speeding 47 miles an hour in the 15. I said, you going faster than you were last time. He said, man, whatever. I don't give a shit. I said, well, go good. I said, give me your driver's license, your registration, proof of insurance. What do I got to give it to you for? I said, because I'm, I'm telling you to give it to me. So he gave it to me. I went. I had to find my ticket book. I made stand at the hood of my car. I had to find my state ticket book. Now I wasn't gonna write him a campus ticket and let him, you know, go pay his twenty five dollars or whatever. I'm writing him a state ticket because if I'm gonna take the time to write a ticket, it's, it's gonna cost you something, right? And if he hadn't been an ass, you know, I probably would have gave him a campus ticket. But anyway, so I write up the ticket, right? You know, whatever, forty seven and a fifteen. I think Louisiana Revised Statute thirty two sixty three is speeding or thirty two. Um, 62, 32, y'all. You hear me talking about rapes and murders and stuff. It's always a 14 code. That's for criminal acts. A 32 is traffic. So I wrote him up, and I go back, and I say, look, I'm writing you up for 47 and a 15. Here's your court date. The uh, sign right here on this line. It's not an admission of guilt. It's just saying that you're going to show up in court to take care of it. He said, man, fuck that. I'm not signing that. So, well... Are you sure? He said, I ain't signing it. I said, you understand, your signing is not saying that you're guilty of speeding. It's saying that you're going to show up in court. And basically, this ticket is an arrest. You signing this, you're releasing yourself on your own recognizance, saying that you're going to show up in court. He said, fuck you, I ain't signing. I said, well, fuck you. Turn around and put your hands behind your back. He said, what are you talking about? And I grabbed him and you know, did what I had to do and cuffed him up. And I put his ass in the back of the car. And we had to take our, anybody we arrested to uh, Hammond City Jail. Shit, I took him down there and I booked him uh, on the speeding ticket, which he refused to sign. No big deal. Totally within the law, right? I mean, that's the law. If you don't sign the ticket, if you refuse to sign the ticket, fuck you, you go, you go into jail. And so I go home the next morning and uh, it was sometime in the middle of the day. That my home phone started ringing. We didn't have cell phones back then. This is how long ago it was, y'all. We didn't have pay. pay I think might have had a pager for my private business, but my home phone is ringing. I answered it. It's Captain Harold Todd. Now, Captain Todd was a ret- retired state trooper who ran the day-to-day of the department for the University Police Department. He said, Woody, I need you in my office now. I'm like, Dude, I'm sleeping. I got to work tonight. So I need you in my office now. I got a complaint on you. I'm like, what? So I get up and I get dressed. I drive to the university and I go in his office. He said, come in and shut the door. And I, so I shut the door. He said, sit down. I sat down. He got up and said, what in the hell are you thinking arresting that student last night who wouldn't sign the ticket? I said, what do you want me to do? He said, you ain't had no business arresting him whatsoever at all. I said, Captain Ty. That's the law. You refuse to sign a state ticket and, you know, saying that you're going to show up for court, 
then you go to jail. And he said, that's bullshit. I said, Captain Todd, didn't you retire from the state police? You were a trooper. I said, this is the law. He said, that's not the law. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. I said, Captain Todd, you need to go look it up, cuz. And I didn't call him cuz. I said, sir, you need to go look it up because that is the law. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. He said, you're always arresting people. And um, I said, hey, I've, everybody I've ever arrested, I got a conviction on, you know, I said, it's not like I'm making it up. They, they got dope on them or, you know, they're fighting or whatever it was. Every arrest I've made has been a valid arrest. I said, uh, if it hadn't been, you know, you would have had me in here long before now. And I said, certainly, you, you know, I know y'all don't want me arresting anybody because what happens, y'all, is everybody that gets booked into the Hammond City Jail or back then. I think the, uh, the newspaper was called the Daily Star. The Daily Star would get their names, everybody who was in booked and published it in the paper, why they were arrested and what they were booked for. And so this happened. Well, the university didn't want that. They didn't want the names of people, their students getting arrested. I mean, it was a different culture, I guess, back then. But shit, he was just adamant, adamant, adamant. My ass was in a crack, and my ass was grass, and he was a lawnmower, and he was going to, you know, I was going to get suspended and all that. I said, but... You do what you need to do, but I didn't break the law. He said, well, you go home, and, and um, we're going to have to have a meeting about you, and blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, whatever. <laughs> so I went home, and, yeah, I, I mean, I was a rookie cop. I was like a, a year and a half on the job, something like that. And uh, But I, I knew enough to know, right? I mean, I kind of studied the law. So they called me back in the next day for the meeting, and guess what? Had in hand, it's it's Captain Todd and the chief. and. Hey, y'all, when I started doing my social media posts, I had zero experience on how to post anything. All you would get was my text. Then I found Canva Pro, and now my designs are at the next level. Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos and videos and audios and graphics. My favorite Canva Pro feature is when I use it to do my backdrops for my post on the, on the crew page. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. Y'all, you can put videos, make it like a show on your post. It's extremely helpful, and the possibilities of your creativity are endless. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code, just go to canva.me slash R-L-R-C to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash R-L-R-C. Canva.me slash R-L-R-C. And we're sitting in the conference room, and he said, we don't want you arresting anybody for, for not signing the state ticket. And I said, Captain Todd, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if I pull you over and say you were speeding and you refuse to sign the state ticket, I'm just going to let you go? He said, no, but we don't want you doing that. And he said, we think that you have a real problem in talking to people. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we're going to send you to interpersonal communication school. I said, what? He said, and he said, yes, interpersonal communication school. You're going to go there and learn how to talk to people and be nicer. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, Captain Ty, I don't have a problem with my communication skills. I said, this guy, I was never ugly to him. I didn't curse him. I didn't say anything wrong. 
I arrested him because he would not sign the ticket. And he said, well, you're going to the school. And, and I said about the ticket. He said, well, uh, obviously, it's going to, you know, it's, it, it's going, we're going to have to talk to the district attorney about it, getting dismissed or something. I said, so you're telling me I'm wrong? He said, well, no, no, you're not wrong. I looked it up. I said, well, I thought you would know that being that you're a retired trooper. And it's uh, long and short of it, I was just give you, this kid complained. And that's one of the complaints I got in my career. But what ended up happening, y'all, I already had my job app in with the NOPD, New Orleans Police Department. I was getting ready to go there. And this is a story for another day, how I ended up at Livingston Parish literally by accident. So kind of like I started the podcast. All right, fast forward. Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. I transfer over, and I'm in uniform patrol. I'm assigned to the east side of the parish, and I told you all about that. It's uh, Livingston Parish was geographically divided east and west uh, for law enforcement purposes, okay? And I was on the night shift, and I'd been there, I don't know, a couple months. Uh, and, yeah, it was totally different, right, than working in a university police department. I mean, shit, I could arrest as many people as I wanted to and go hunt bad guys all night once the call slowed down. I mean, it's just like I used to train when I was a field training officer there. I tell the rookies, you don't have to go out of your way to try to put your hands on somebody and fight them because there's enough legitimate bad guys out there that are going to fight you, right? You're going to get to do it enough. So I was busy. You know, rock and rolling, doing my thing, making my arrests, making my good cases, y'all. Not bullshit cases, good cases. Well, it's a Saturday afternoon. I go 10-8. Um, and right as soon as I go 10-8, the, I said, um, what was that? 361. That was my unit number. 361259. I'm 10-8 for the evening. Good evening. They said 361 immediately. 361. We have a civil, not, we have a, whatever, I forget what the code was. They didn't say civil complaint, but they, they we have a complaint for you to meet at Albany Town Hall. I said, all right, cool. So I rode over there. I meet this guy. Now, he's a clean-cut, nice-looking guy. And he get out, and I introduce myself. I said, what's going on? He said, listen, man. He said, I have sole custody of my kids, my two small children. He said, I divorced, divorced my wife. I have the custody. She gets them every other weekend. And other than that, they live with me. They're not supposed to spend the night with anybody else or anything like that. She's not supposed to leave them, not with her parents, not with her aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, or whatever. And he said, I have it. I said, okay. And he said, I got my papers right here. Well, he gave me the paperwork. I read it. Shit, it, 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 everything he said was true. He's, he's you know, primary domiciliary and all this stuff. Well, fuck, I didn't know any better, y'all. I mean, I, it's the first time I'm looking at civil papers, but I'm reading it, and the judge orders all of this. Everything he said, he wasn't lying, and and that she was not to leave him any family members or whatever. And I said, okay, what's the deal? And he said, well, she, this was her weekend, and she has gone out of town on spring break partying. I said, where are the kids at? He said, they're at her parents' house up uh, North Albany on Highway 43. I said, what you mean? He said, he said, I'm telling you that they're there, and these papers show that I have the, you know, she just cannot leave them there legally. It's signed by the judge. Don't you read it? I said, yeah, I read it. You mean? And, and he said, well, I want my kids, and I want them now. And I said, well, fuck, let's go get them. So... <laughs> I didn't know any better, but I'll, I'll explain to you in a second. So we drive up 43, and I really, I mean, y'all, I'm acting in good faith, right? And and so go get to the house. I called to, to dispatch, told them I'll be out at such such address. 
And I get out and I go knock on the door. And this lady came to the door. She, she wasn't elderly or anything. I think the, this couple was young or the girl he married was young. He must have been in his mid-20s and she was younger than that. She's going on spring break. Anyway, so they opened the door. I said, hey, I'm Deputy Overton. And, um, you got such and such, such, such a juvenile with you. And she said, yes, sir. And I said, well, you know, the, the father has court papers that, oh, I said, where, where is, and I said, the woman's name. She says, she's not here. I said, where is she? She says, she went out of state uh, on spring break. I said, okay. I said, you're aware that the papers say that she's not supposed to leave the kids with anybody. And she said, well, I mean, she just went for two nights. And I said, I understand that. But the papers say she is not, the kids are not to be left with y'all or anybody else. I said, I'm not trying to get any business. I don't know why the papers say that. Maybe he had a better lawyer. I don't know. I said, but here's the deal. You're going to give the kids back to the daddy. And, and she was like, do we have to? And I said, yeah, according to those papers, you do. And the grandfather came out, and I was, they, they were nice. And I was nice to them, and I explained to them. I said, look, I'm holding these papers. And it says, I mean, your wife's already told me that she's out of state, and the kids are going to be spending the night That's with y'all. And I think that the kids have spent the, uh, the first night with them, y'all, Friday night also. And they admitted to that. And I'm like, well, you're clearly in violation of these papers that are signed by the judge. I mean, you know, and I guess in retrospect, I could have called a supervisor or something. Um, but I mean, I was acting in good faith. And, and grandfather said, well, she left with us. I said, well, I'm telling you, these papers are signed by the judge and you got to give them to the daddy. That's what the papers say. And so they gave them to him. And the kids were healthy and everything. There was nothing wrong with them, whatever. And, and the dad was real appreciative, right, per kid. And he leaves. I go on about my business. The whole night shift go through. The next morning, I'm sleeping, and my pager goes off. And it's uh, it's Brian Paul, and he, he was on the day shift then. And he called. He said, bruh. I said, what? He said, did you take some kids from a house on 43 last night? I said, yeah, I didn't take them. I said, but, you know, the, the dad had the paperwork that said they couldn't spend the night with anybody else, and they they admitted they spent the night there, and the mom was out of town and all that. He said, bruh, he said, you're in so much fucking trouble. I said, why? And he said, that's a civil matter, man. He said, we can't get involved. I said, what the fuck was I supposed to do, man? I had the papers signed by the judge. And, and I said, unless he came up with a court stamp and, and the judge's signature and all the papers, he said, no, man. He said, anytime you get a civil thing like that where civil papers involved, all you can do is, is like the dad, he said, here's what's fucked up. And Brian said, here's what's fucked up. That dude tried me at like like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He called me out, and I met him at the Albany Town Hall, and, and he told me, he said, I got these papers, and I told him, I said, you got it. I'm going to give you a file number, and you can get a copy of the report. You know, call in for this file number. We'll get you a copy of the report, and you got to take her back to court and have the judge find her in violation of these papers, and the judge would do whatever he wants to her then. But as far as the kids, I mean, you could have gone and checked on them, and, and they were healthy. He said, I wouldn't checked on the kids. They were good to go. And he, he said, that dude played you, man. He said, he said, Kearney is going to kick your ass. I was like, oh, shit. Talking about Mr. Kearney, the chief of everything. You know, he's supposed to be chief of detectives, but the chief deputy, I guess, Wayne Sanders, had died, and he was— out of respect, Sheriff Grace never placed the title. Uh, but long story short, he was right. Monday morning, yeah, on the carpet for Mr. Kearney. And uh, my phone, I mean, I kept my phone on. I knew I got off at 6 o'clock. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? 
love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro Pro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro Pro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, it is only 20 calories, and it contains no added sugar. Recess Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recess Mood tastes great, too, and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Uh, sure enough, it, about 801 that uh, Kearney's calling, and he said, I want you in my office now. I said, yes, sir. And, and so I drove in and go in, and he's sitting behind it. He said, get your ass in here. And he said behind it, yeah, this is my mentor, y'all. And everybody was so scared of him. Most, especially the uniform guys, were just even some of the detectives were just scared of him, not because he was mean or unfair or anything, just because he was by the book, no bullshit, no nonsense, right? But it wasn't my first time to be on the carpet in front of him. And But most of the, the times I'd been before, the, I was I was in the right. And so anyway, I went, went in and he said, tell me what happened. I told him. He said, God damn it. What do you, he said, you don't know that you're not supposed to handle, you know, civil things, da, da, da. I said, Mr. Curry, I didn't know. I said, I dude showed me the papers. I, I acted in what I thought was good faith. He said, don't you ever hear that finger? <laughs> he get mad. He pointed that finger at me. Uh, he had a crooked finger, y'all, on his, on his index finger. Pointed that finger at me. He said, don't you ever? He treated my ass rightfully so. And the mom, oh, my God, the mom was so pissed. When the parents didn't call her and tell her, they told her when she got back late Sunday night. And, and I, I guess that's when she started in calling and complaining. And she got... Or it must have been that morning. Maybe she got in Monday morning. I don't know. But anyway, she, she was there. And um, Mr. Kearney brought her in. I had to apologize to her, and uh, rightfully so. But, and 
you know, I had to look like a little bitch. And, 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 but anyway, I don't never know what happened with it. But <laughs> it is what it is. There's a reason I'm telling you these stories. Remember, st- stay with me. So, but I, I, you know, I acted in good faith. I took my lick. I wasn't going to lie about it. You know, it uh, wasn't the first time I'd been in trouble. I'm sure it wouldn't be the last. But Mr. Kearney did tell me. Before I left, he called me back in after he'd been all hard on me, and I had to apologize to the mom and all that. He called me back in, and he said, Now, Overton, you know that if you never do anything, if you if you never screw up, it means you never do anything. He said, there's a lot of those deputies out there that go out there and they draw on a paycheck and they'll go from call to call and that's all they do. He said, you out there getting it every night. And I appreciate that. He said, you're going to screw stuff up from time to time, son. And, and he said, but I, I bet you'll never do it again. And he kind of cracked a smile, right? But without cracking a smile because Mr. Kearney was supposed to be so hard. And and I said, yes, sir, you're right. I said, you may get me back on this carpet for a lot of stuff. And he did, y'all. I said, but it won't be for ever getting involved in a civil matter again, as crazy as that shit is. All right, fast forward. Um, oh, I'll tell you another one, Kearney called me, Mr. Kearney called me in on. Some of these y'all have heard, I'm pretty sure, whether it's on Patreon episodes or whatever, but the night that I towed the guy's bicycle that ran, from, <laughs> the guy ran from me, I got out, uh, tried to do a traffic stop on him, and he hauled ass in the woods. I was on Highway 190. It was raining and shit, and I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm not running in the woods chasing his ass. So I called for a tow truck to come and get his bike and take it to a uh, bike jail, right? Well, I knew, you know, the tow was going to cost like $175, and, um, and my deal was I wasn't going to let this dope, or I'm sure the guy had dope on him, and, and wasn't going to let him get over on me, right? He wasn't going to be sitting around Thanksgiving dinner laughing about how he got beat me on a foot pursuit or whatever. And I also didn't want to feel like chasing him through the woods for a crack pipe. I mean, shit, his mode of transportation was a bicycle. It's not like he's hauling kilos, okay? So I called for a tow truck. Let me tell you this. That tow truck driver showed up, and I knew most of them over the years, but this this guy showed up. I know I didn't tell this another story. This guy showed up, and he gets out. And he's got the biggest forearms I've ever seen. I'm talking about like his forearms are bigger. One of them was bigger than my whole body. Like Popeye, when he eats the spinach and it pops out. And, you know, he looked like he could take, instead of throwing the old iron horseshoes, he could take 20 of them at a time and throw them right. But I don't don't know why that just popped in my head. I think it was Brown's tone. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. He came and he got out in his big old forearms. And he, he said, where's the vehicle? I said, this is it. And he looked down at the bike. He said, are you serious? And I'm like, it's a big dude. And I'm like, yes, sir. And he was like, okay, no matter to me. <laughs> he, he put it on the back of the truck and towed it off, right? No big deal. Well, Monday morning comes, phone rings. Kearney called me in. Why did you tow, you towed a bicycle? I said, yes, sir, I did. He said, why? And I said, because... I don't want to be responsible for it. It's a road construction hazard. He's oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> he said, why don't you put it in your car? I'm like, come on, Mr. Kearney. I'm going to put it in my car, and what am I going to do with it? Haul it to the jail or something? Anyway, so and that's another time Kearney had me in. Real life, real crime. Hey, y'all. I don't know about you. It seems like I'm always looking at the screen now more than ever in one of my favorite ways to rest my eyes and still get the content I'm itching for is by putting in my Raycon wireless earbuds and listening to something great. Whether you're catching up on your favorite podcast, binging an audiobook, or powering through your workout with a pumped-up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. Look, y'all love mine. 
They fit great. The sound quality is excellent. The volumes are right there to tip your fingers in your ears. And there's no sliding out and up to six hours of playtime on one charge. So Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash R-L-R-C. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash R-L-R-C. Buyraycon.com slash R-L-R-C. I'll give you another one. I know y'all heard this one. Kelly Bernard, frequent flyer, and I arrested her like three times in one week in three different stolen cars. And then I didn't see her for like six months. I hadn't seen her. And and it was the middle of the night. I mean, like three o'clock in the morning. And Kim McMorris was acting shift supervisor. And he called me and said, bro, I said, what? He said, what in the hell did you do to Kelly Bernard? I said, what are you talking about? He said, dude, the sheriff just called me and said that Kelly Bernard called his house and woke him up in the middle of the night screaming and hollering about how you harassing her, harassed her. I said, motherfucker, I haven't even seen her in six months. I, I don't even know where she's at, you know? And, and so, yeah, th- those that's that's a an example of an unjustified complaint. The bicycle, mm, that's probably pretty, pretty legitimate. I mean, I, I could have handled that other ways. The civil thing was my bad, right? So we get into a couple of like another one with Kim McMorris was uh, when we were doing an Edison and another story. I forget the name of it. But when the last stop we did on this house where people were pulling up to buy a crack every night, the last stop we arrested all three people in the truck and we had the truck towed. I don't think it was Brown, that big guy, the big Popeye guy again. But anyway, I had the truck towed and I went home. It was like daylight. I went home and I just fell asleep and the phone rings and it's Ken. He's like, bro, you got to come and we gotta, you got to come meet me. I said, what's up, man? He said, dude, uh, that last guy we arrested said there was $10,000 in his truck. Now, look, this was the most beat up piece of shit truck. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't worth $10. And then, and, and I'm telling you, and, and, and Ken was like, we got to go find that money. We got to go find that money. I said, maybe I said, I said, Ken, Fuck that. I'm not going out again. And he's like, no, you, you got to remember. I said, no, I don't. I said, I didn't steal the fucking money. I said, I know you didn't take the money, did you? He said, well, hell no. And I said, well, then fuck him. Let him go file a complaint, right? And, and I said, that dude hadn't had $10,000 in his entire life. And I said, I'm damn for sure we're not going out there. You know, when I just got to bed and, and I've been working overtime on dope anyway, right? And so that was an example of a bullshit complaint, right? The dude had been in the game. His rap sheet was longer than my you-know-what, and he'd been in the game forever, and he knew how to cause a little bit of hurt to the police, or try to, but we didn't let him. Unfounded complaint. So let me give you another one. Let's see, one that y'all haven't heard. Ooh. Well, there's there's one. I don't know if this one's been released or not. We worked on a guy that ran over his wife. He tried to say we stole money from him. I think it was $500, $800. That was a bullshit deal. And I think, you know, some of these people, y'all, you deal with, they know how to press the system, right? They they like, you know, the, the girl calling the sheriff in the middle of the night and I hadn't seen her in six months. I mean, what the fuck? You know, but, but they know these things have to be looked at and they're going to cause you some small amount of grief. You, you at least get a phone call about it. Um, I think they're... That was another one I tell. I can't remember it. All right, let's fast forward to state police. <laughs> My time at the state police. 
One, I distinctly remember because it's the only time I ever got in trouble, uh, officially got in trouble, trouble my entire career. The uh, It was like 2010, maybe, and I was a criminal investigator to out of headquarters in Baton Rouge, and the budget was really, really bad. Like, and I'm, I think it was when the housing market crashed and all that shit happened. But I was in Austin, Texas at an advanced polygraph school. In my unit, you know, shit, I'm going to drive my own personal vehicle over there. That's part of the deal, right? And then we used to be able to use our units with state police at, before this time. We used to be able to use them, like, you know, you drive to work, to headquarters. If you need to stop at the grocery store or something on the way home, you could, you know, you could do that or go to the gym or something. You could use your unit for that. But, I mean, you couldn't haul people around and shit, right? The, uh, that was That's kind of what the policy was. Well, because the budget came out in, uh, like, Louisiana— Unfortunately, always is. The budget was incredibly fucked. And they came out on on all these cost-saving measures, right? So one of the things that the colonel put out the letter that week, I got it by email. Colonel put out some new director that week. You can only drive your, and I had an unmarked unit, you can only drive your unit from your residence to work and work back to your residence. Okay. No big deal, right? <laughs> I got, you know, I got the policy and nobody's violated yet. I'm coming back from Texas. I'm, I'm totally legit. I'm in, in my car, work reasons, and but I wasn't on the clock. And the, uh, I, get a, I get a call. Now, one of my conditions to go to the state police when uh, they recruited me, Charlie Dupuy, I told him, I said, listen, I have my own private polygraph business at the sheriff's office and I can do it as long as it doesn't interfere with a sheriff's office case. And he said, no problem. We'll, we'll get that for you. You know, you can keep your private business as long as it's not the Louisiana state police case. We don't care. You know, I'll make that part of the package. So cool. And, and, and so they did that. So, so I still had my private side business when my polygraph phone rings and, and I answer it. And there's a lady in West Baton Rouge parish, which if you're coming back from Texas, you got to pass through it right off uh, um, in Port Allen, and she wanted her husband tested, polygraph tested for infidelity. No problem, right? I mean, it, it, she wanted it done that day, and I'm on my way back through. I'm going to stop and do it. So I stop, I go in, give the dude a test, and, and this lady was like a beautician, so I remember giving it. It was at a beauty parlor, but then there was nobody there and uh, except her and her husband, and I go in, and guess what? He failed, and he failed miserably. Now, look, I didn't have anything on that said state police. I didn't have the badge or the gun or anything like that. I was in regular clothes. Went in, gave him the test like I give everybody else, and he went deception indicated all the way, right? I get done. He knows he failed the fucking test, but I tell him, you failed the test. You failed the questions. You you know, whatever it is, relevant question, about cheating or whatever. I don't remember what the specifics y'all. But anyway, I tell them you failed. And, of course, nobody was happy when I left. And I leave and I go home. Shit, about two days later, uh, <laughs> I get called in. And the head of internal affairs said, hey, man, he said, did you go do a polygraph in, in Port Allen on, I think it was Saturday when I came back, uh, on Saturday? And, and I said, yeah, I sure did. And he, he said, uh, did you show your badge and your gun? I said, absolutely not. And I said, I didn't have anything on state police. He said, did you go in your unmarked unit? I said, I did. I mean, I wouldn't go lie to him. And, and I mean, 
I knew I knew I was in violation of the new policy, and uh, I mean, should you catch me, I'm gonna take my lick, right? And, and but literally, it was right off the interstate, you know, did it, and otherwise I'd have had to drive another hour and a half to the house, turn around, drive an hour and a half back, and then drive another hour and a half back home after the test. Fuck it, I stopped, I took it. And he was like, man, he said, you know, he said, you're the first one in the whole state to violate the colonel's new policy on using the units. I said, okay, well, you got me. I said, here, I'll write a statement. Boom, boom, boom. I did this. I said, you can go over there and ask the wife. I said, I didn't wear anything. He said, state police or whatever. And so he came over in my office a little while later. He said, hey, man, I said, I talked to the wife. Uh, he said, she's absolutely said that you didn't do anything. You never mentioned state police. He said, he, uh, her husband was like a volunteer fireman or something, and he ran your plate when it left, and it came back to nothing. And the, one of the friends said that that had to be a trooper uh, or a detective for some law enforcement agency, and they gave him my name. And he said, oh, shit, well, Woody Overton works with state police, right? And so, the, anyways, this asshole calls in and makes up a lie saying I had him a badge and my gun and, and all that. But the only thing he did have me on was the unit. And so, anyway, I wrote the statement. And it's the only time in 20 years I ever got suspended. Well, I had to. They had to do something to me, right? I mean, I wrote to the colonel, wrote him a statement. Yes, I did this. I know I was in violation. Give me whatever you want to get me, right? So they gave me two days off. I'd never been suspended in my entire career. And they came in, and, and the uh, head of internal affairs came in, and he said, Woody. I mean, we were like, you know, friends, right? The, uh, he said, colonel's going to give you two days off, and um, it's going to come out of your record after six months or something like that, right? If you don't get any more trouble, I said, well, I'm not going to get any more trouble. I said, you know, that's not a problem. And we bullshit for a few minutes and he left. Well, the next day, uh, I think it was a weekend. Monday came. Shit, I, I went fishing. And, and about Monday at noon, my pager goes off and, and it was the head of internal affairs. I called him. I said, I said, what's up? He said, where are you? I said, I'm fishing. He said, what are you doing fishing? I said, I'm fucking suspended. He said, man, you're not suspended yet. He said, well, the colonel's got to pick your days for suspension. I said, well, oh, shit, then I guess I'm sick. Uh, uh, give me a sick day then. I mean, I didn't even know that. I mean, they told me I was going to get suspended for two days. I thought it was starting in. So anyway, valid complaint to the point that I violate the rules, but not not valid to the the lies about representing myself as a law enforcement officer. Two more, and I'm wrapping this up, and there's, there's a reason for y'all, and you will understand one day, and I'll make sure you understand. Okay, so state police. 2013, I was sitting in my office, chilling, it, doing whatever, right? And one of the guys, when Hobbs for Eternal Affairs came over, and I, I, we, you know, I, I was friends with all those guys, but I wasn't like hangout friends, right? We didn't go hunting together and drink beer together and shit like that, but we were cool. We talked football and we talked hunting and stuff like that. Anyway, dude comes over, he's, you know, Oftentimes, and when it slowed down to even time, then somebody would come over and want to hang out and shoot, shoot the breeze for a while because my office was separate from internal affairs. It was over by itself. And he came over, and I thought, you know, we were going to kick it about football, whatever, and we, we did for a minute. He said, hey, man, can you, can you come over here? We, uh, we need to have a meeting. I said, cool, all right. And, and I always was in the meetings, y'all. Every Tuesday morning, state police internal affairs, I sat in on the meetings or, you know, whatever. I sat in on the meetings. No big deal. I didn't think anything about it. So go over, and I'm going down to the conference room. He said, no, no, we need you in here. Well, fuck, it's an interview room. I'm like, what? They said, yeah, come on in and, and sit down. Now, interview rooms, I know they're recording everything, and the microphone's on, and shit. He pulls out police officer billers, two of them, pulls out, and these are 
my people, right? It pulls out a police officer bill of rights form, which basically tells you, hey, you are under investigation. They, they read to you, you're under investigation for this, and we have so many days to investigate it and get back to you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, basically there's some Miranda in there and all that. But he pulls it out. I've seen a thousand of them. I've never had one read to me. And they read it to me. And when it gets to the part you're on investigation for, and he, it said that I sent, okay, let me say that again. What it was, to sum it up this way, all right, there was, a, there was an agency that had a criminal investigation going on. And the defense attorney for the guy, it was a theft case, the defense attorney for the guy had sent in a polygraph report that said that Woody Overton, criminal investigator too with Louisiana State Police, did this polygraph and says my guy's innocent, right? Now I'm like, ho, ho, ho. And they 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 showed me the letter. I'm like, ho, 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 ho. I said, you can just stop. I said, this is bullshit. I said, I have been doing private defense work for this lawyer, this one lawyer, for 13 years. I said, this is the first time ever that a letter's been sent out with anything uh, to any law enforcement agency with a polygraph report stating that I had any affiliation with law enforcement. I said, I'm assigning you shit. You can go and investigate it. I said, but it's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be a fuck up somewhere, right? So I, I sign it. And I mean, of course, I was, you know, upset about it. And I'm like, the the attorney and I are friends. I, mean, I couldn't figure it out. I said, you know what? I, I, I told him, I said, they told me, I said, don't contact. I said, I'm not calling anybody. I said, I, actually, I'm pissed off that this happened. I said, I want to know what happened, but I can promise you this is a mistake. Go do your job. Go, you know, talk to the attorney, find out what the fuck happened. So they, they bring me back in like uh, the next day. Look, unfounded. What happened was he had a new girl in his office when I went to test this guy on my off time. I went to test this guy, and she wrote up the report that said, uh, Woody Overton, uh, dear whomever, the, the head of investigations were. Real life, real hey, y'all, it's that time of year again, tax season. I'm going to tell you who I use personally to do all real life, real crime in my personal taxes. I use Proven Method One. They are the go-to tax service company to get your personal and small business tax service needs. Proven Method One employs authorized electronic return originators and has been providing tax service to many communities for over 10 years. They're fully IRS compliant. They provide services not only to college students, working individuals, and self-employed individuals. They even help the folks who sh should have received an economic impact stimulus but for whatever reason didn't. They can help with filing a simple tax return to get your money that you may so desperately need. They provide unparalleled personalized accounting service to a broad range of clients across the United States and Louisiana. Proven Method 1 has easy advanced options for those who need money now and cannot wait for refund disbursement. Contact Proven Method 1 Tax Services for a free estimate for your filing your tax year 2020 return or prior year returns. Mention Real Life Real Crime, the podcast, and get 15% off your electronically filed tax year 2020 return. They're on Instagram at Proven One underscore Method One. They're on Facebook at Proven Method One. Twitter at PM Method One. And the web address is ProvenMethodOne.net. Y'all, let me tell you, Miss Belay runs this company. She's awesome. She's a friend of ours, honest, hardworking, and they know what they're doing. 
So give them a call. Let them help you out. She can answer any of your tax questions from the child tax credit from the stimulus package to where's your check to anything else. But more importantly, when it comes to trusting my information in my business information, proven method one, that's who I use. There's sergeants, whatever your name is, um, Woody Overton, a criminal investigator too, and polygraphist for Louisiana State Police tested my client and he showed no deception indicated. At Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Please find attached a polygraph report. And that's the letter they, they, they sent him, right? Well, guess what? It's bullshit. She, she took that upon herself to put that in there. The attorney has been signing my shit for so long and sending it all. He just signed it. He didn't read it. He told him, said, this is a fuck up. He said, this is a new girl. She knows Woody is with the state police, but she did not know to not put this in there. He called the head investigations immediately when the guys went to his office and said, hey, this is not supposed to happen. It's never happened before, never happened again, blah, blah, blah. So unfounded, I get it. But now this time, y'all, I'm really pissed off. I got my 20 years in. And I, I, but being called in like that, even though I, I hadn't done anything wrong, uh, uh, it was, certainly wasn't my fault. And it really upset me. And, and I was like, you know what, fuck this. It, it, I don't need this. And, and so they called me back in, said, look, it's unfounded. You've been clear, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, guess what? I already knew I didn't do anything. but I promise you this. You will never have to do this shit again. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm telling you this. You ever call me back in here behind a polygraph bullshit complaint again, then I will, I will turn in my letter of resignation. I will no longer you know, make myself susceptible to this kind of bullshit. You know, I said, and be honest with y'all, at that point in time, I was making so much money in my side business, it was really hindering me, my state police time, right? I was actually costing me money to go to work with state police because I was having to turn down tests and stuff. So I remember I had to ask about it. But anyway, you never believe what happens. I got all these years, never other than the one time for <laughs> using my car to go run the polygraph. The I'd never really been in any, any serious trouble, right? So I had gone... I got a phone call from a lady in North Carolina, and she was a dental hygienist. 
and she called and said, look, my brother got locked up in Rapids Parish by the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office on like carnal knowledge or something of juveniles. And supposedly he was sleeping with these 16-year-old girls, two of them. I think one, maybe one was 17. I don't know. It was like that, that age range. And she wanted to hire me to, to go do a polygraph form. And I said, okay. And, and, you know, she asked about my experience and I told her all the law enforcement experience, but that wasn't the seller, right? But, you know, the polygraph experience. And I said, but this has nothing to do with me talking you through over to polygraph. She said, well, I'm, I'm paying for it. I want you to go up there and test him. I said, listen, I, it's not that easy. I said, you need to get his defense attorney to submit a letter to the sheriff and the warden of the jail getting me permission as a private polygraph examiner, nothing to do with law enforcement, private polygraph examiner to go in and, and test your brother. I said, then I'll do it. Well, it took some time, maybe uh, a week, right? And she calls back, she faxed me a copy of the letter. She said, I got it. Oh, the even got a judge to approve it. That's what it was. I said, you need to get a judge to approve it, et cetera. Because listen to me. All right, had some history with Rapids Parish Sheriff's Austin, and I can't tell you what it is yet, but I will one day. So, but that's why I made her jump through all the extra hoops, the judge and everything. So everything's legit. Roll up there on my day off, test this guy. I walk in, plain clothes, don't use a badge, or I, I use my driver's license again. In I show the letter from the, the judge. They buzz me in, go back, you know, get the inmate out, test the guy. And he passed on one, but not on one. Doesn't matter. I test the guy, and and I leave. Right? No big deal. Call the sister. Told her. Told her results. No big deal. Here I am. Hadn't even been two weeks since the fuck up on the attorney letter, the defense attorney letter. They came over and I said, "Hey, we need you to come over. We need to talk to you." I'm like, "What?" And uh, and they said, "Yeah." And so go in and. This I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, y'all, and that was it. I, and I prayed about it, you know, the other one and stuff, because I got so angry, And even though I hadn't done anything wrong, right? But it was like God was showing me it's time for me to leave and to go into private practice. Anyway, so they called me over, sit me down in the same room. They advised my police officer, Bill of Rights, and said that uh, the allegation was that I went to the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office Jail and I badged my way in. I wore my gun in, uh, and did this polygraph, and 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 identified myself as Louisiana State Police, and blah blah blah. And and they said, okay, do you want to? If you want to answer questions, sign right here. I said, I am not answering shit. And they were like, what? And it kind of took them aback. I said, I'm not answering shit. I'm not signing shit. I'm not signing your police officer bill of rights. I'm not, I'm not signing Miranda. I'm not answering your questions. And I said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm not going to do anything. I said, you're going to go do your job. I said, well, but hold on one minute. I need five minutes. And the only time I said, I'll be right back, five minutes. I went to my office, which was outside of the um, IA area. I went to my office. I sat down on my computer. I typed up my letter of resignation and said, thank you for your time with Louisiana State Police. I appreciate it. I, I am moving on and going into private practice. Yeah, and I walked back in. Said, this is your official two-week notice. I walked back in. The two investigators still sitting there. I gave them a letter. I said, here's my response. And they were like, what? You, you, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I just did. And I'm done. And they were like, what do you do? Come on, dude. I mean, how long have you been doing this? I said, hey, I'm not answering shit. I said, go do your job. I told you last time when you had me in here, it was a bullshit complaint. And, and basically, even though I know 
you know, you're treating me professionally. I felt like a fucking criminal. I said, this now, this is the same thing again, and I haven't done anything. But you know what? I'm not, you go find it out for yourself. I'm not answering your questions. I'm not answering anything. Go do your job. You go to Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office and investigate this fucking complaint that I came in there with my badge, my gun on and badged my way in to the fucking jail to do, I mean, I was going off to the fucking jail to do a polygraph. I said, and that's my two week notice. And I walked out. And then, uh, and, hey, I came to work. I didn't even call in sick for the next two weeks. And shit, it went. They had the 10 days, whatever it was. That the the day that I turned in all my equipment and everything, uh, they, they came and got me and bring me back over. And they were like, no, we don't need to go in, in, in the interrogation room. I'm like, why not? And so we just want to tell you what we, what we found out. And so we went in the conference room, and they said, listen, the colonel doesn't want you to leave. When we're asking you to take your letter of resignation back, please. I said, absolutely not. I said, I'm done, dude. I said, it's nothing personal against y'all. I said, but at this point in time, you know, I said, I prayed about it. And, and the last time it happened and it was bullshit, I said, I know. And then you damn well know anything to do with Woody Overton and Rapids Parish is bullshit. I said, but, you know, I said, well, he said, let me tell you what we found out. I said, go ahead. He said, we went to Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office Jail. We pulled their cameras. Not only were you not in your unit, your unmarked unit, you were in your personal vehicle. You were in civilian clothes. You never uh, had a badge or a gun on. You never identified yourself with state police in any way. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, I already fucking know this. And he said, you went in, you, you know, the, we listened. You know, you, didn't, you never identified yourself as state police, even to the bad guy, and you left. And he said the problem was one of their detectives, the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office detective, was listening to the phone calls between the sister in North Carolina, the dental hygienist, and him, the inmate. And she told him, she was telling my credentials on the initial phone call. That's it. Never hounded on it again. She said, hey, this guy's been in law enforcement forever. In fact, he's with the state police now. He does this as a side business, right? And he's going to make me jump through all the hoops. I got to get a letter signed by a judge, getting permission to go give you the test and the whole nine yards. Well, the detective was listening in. They figured they're going to stick it to old Woody Overton, right? Now, you tell me how fucking sorry that is, okay, law enforcement, Right. And they knew they knew it was going to be an unfounded complaint or, or dismissed, whatever they call it. I mean, it's like they bullshit complaint that you can't get any more made up than this. You lied. You filled out this shit. You filled out this complaint against Woody Overton. It was a fucking lie. You knew it was a lie. He showed the paperwork from the judge. He never wore all these things. All these things you said you did, you did it. And you know what the dude told him? He said, well, it is what it is. Right. They wanted to stick it to Woody Overton. Well, Rapid's burning and everything else, y'all, and I'm going to leave it at that. So I know it's a hodgepodge of stories. Oh, so let me tell you about it. I, I walked out and I retired from the state police, so I've been blessed, blessed, blessed ever since, and, you know, not only in the polygraphs, but then I picked up the – I got certified as an expert witness in all United States federal courts uh, as an expert witness in law enforcement matters and travel the country doing defense consulting, stuff like that. So I've been blessed. I have no regrets. I hated that it ended like that, but I'm going to tell you something. The complaints 
sometimes are founded and shit if they're founded I, and especially on me i took my leg right and and if, if i pushed the envelope and got caught i took my lip for lick for it but the unfounded ones they happen every day y'all and and then there's some some of that are unfounded because it's a pissed off husband uh and he failed his polygraph test he want to cause me a little grief and he knew a little bit about the system stuff like that and then there are some that are just malicious like this asshole detective that called in and said I had went in there and I badged my way in. I had my gun. How the fuck are you going to carry a gun or your pistol into the Paris jail? Hello? So there, there are you know, complaints on both ends of the spectrum. And I'm going to leave it at this. This is not going to be a series, but I'm expecting some things, hopefully here in the immediate future. And if those things come to fruition, I'm going to get back on the air and I'm going to tell you why I told you these stories about complaints today. But it's a little bit what cops go through, especially good cops, because you're out there busting ass and, and, and you're putting yourself in situations that other cops, a lot of cops won't put themselves in. Like Kearney, Mr. Kearney said, the, um, the ones that are just out there drawing a paycheck, catching a bare amount of calls. And they, they want to do their 20 or 30 years like that, right? Not Woody Overton. So... But I've been doubly blessed, and, you know, all this rolls over into real-life, real crime, the podcast, and it was, which has been such a huge blessing. I love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Like Tommy Wilcox, great life for Tommy Wilcox Outdoors. I had my son and I for the, the dove hunt in uh, Alabama, you know, once-in-a-lifetime experience. But not only that, I get to meet people from all over the world, like Captain Calvin Duvall, y'all, who has Duvall's Cajun Charters down in Delacroix, Louisiana. Check this out. He calls, and his wife and he are a huge fan of the show, and he is career law enforcement, was career law enforcement. I think he did like 20 years with Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office and then 10 years with Homeland Security. He calls, he's got a charter company out of Delacroix. We all, Delacroix, Louisiana is just south east of New Orleans, but shit, it's at the end of the road. I mean, it's you're in the swamp. You're in the marsh, not swamp. Uh, you're in the marsh, and it's in with the fishing there is what they call inshore coastal fishing. And he invited us down. And so I took my youngest boy, and well, I took my boys, and, and one that's 10, the other one's 19. We went down. We spent the night ahead of time uh, at the lodge across the street from where we launched. Captain had us out there at daylight, and it was blowing. Now, look, I had I had saltwater fishing camps for years until Rita blew the last one away, and I hadn't been back since, right? But I loved it. It was my passion, and, and I wanted my boys to get to experience it. And because of Real Life, Real Crime, and Captain Duvall, Duvall's Cajun Charters, I was going to get this opportunity. So we go down, and uh, we go to get in the boat at, at right at daybreak, and he's got this big, nice, you know, super fine charter boat. And the captain is just real cool from the get-go. Uh, and we get in the boat, and look, the wind is blowing like 40 miles an hour. Me, as a old saltwater fisherman, I knew. And look, there was rain clouds all the way around. So the sun's trying to peek up through. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be a bad day. Plus, it's the end of March, right? There's no shrimp. There's no there's no live bait to be had, first of all. And then even but. Even so, there's no shrimp in the in the marsh that time of the year. The live bait, I mean, it's like the worst time of the year to go fishing. And we go with Captain Calvin, and the first spot he pulled up, we wore their ass out. And uh, we caught 40 specks, speckled trout up north. Y'all would call them uh, spotted sea bass. 
I'm not talking about babies. Out of the 40, we only had to measure two. In, the, in Louisiana, they have to be 12 inches or above, right? But Captain Ball, my son, had never really fished. The 10-year-old, he's, he's like his brother. And he has all custom-made rods, all super top-of-the-line equipment. We get there, he's baiting hook. He didn't have to do this. He's a lifer. He's, he's just good people, right? And we tore them up. We ended up catching 40 specks, one uh, all good size, like three and four pounders. And then um, uh, my son got to catch his first redfish, which was awesome. I got it on video, which is a really nice red. We caught two freshwater catfish, uh, uh, two blues. We caught a freshwater bass, like a three-pounder, and some other stuff I forget. But we, we tore them up on the windiest, nastiest, no-bait day of the year because Captain Duvall Duvall's Cajun Charters knows what the hell he's doing. He's out there every day busting ass, and we caught him all on artificial, and he knows what he's doing, y'all. If you ever go to New Orleans and you want to experience a true South Louisiana badass fishing trip, call Calvin Duvall or Captain Duvall at 504-957-4549. And it's down in Delacroix, y'all. It, it's Calvin, he's just as cool as me, and we, we traded cop stories all day on the boat. And I'm, I'm going to get off that. Calvin, you know I love you, man. That was awesome. Yeah, my son, before we – when we, as soon as we put the poles up to turn around and come back to the dock, my son's like – always starts saying, when can we come back, Daddy? When can we come back? The, uh, Calvin was that great with him. Captain Duvall, Duvall's Cajun Charters was that great with him. We filled up an ice chest full of stuff. And we didn't – even though we didn't limit out, the fish were so big, we were on the back, way back, and I was explaining to my son that it's 25 trout per person, five reds per person, and we didn't catch that much. We would call it a lot, for it, especially for the, the conditions. And my son says, Lord, we're going to need a bigger ice chest because that ice chest was slap full, y'all. And, and uh, But Calvin, captain of all career law enforcement, like a brother to me now, and you better believe we're coming back, Captain, every chance we get. So thank you so much. But lifers, that's just – the other side of New Orleans, I mean, it's like 35, 40 minutes uh, southeast of New Orleans. Get a chance, give them a call. You won't regret it. I, if, you, if you go and, and you book it, tell them Real Life Real Crime sent you, and I will come down. If I'm free, I will come down and go fishing with y'all. So, And he can get as many boats as he needs. But he's been doing the chartering for almost seven years now, full time. So he knows where they're at. Okay, Crew Bash. I think, y'all, by the time you hear this, I'm pretty positive the tickets are already sold out and and that's okay it says texas club on june the 19th um doors will open at seven or vip peeping toms you, you know who you are i appreciate y'all using your your benefits and y your tickets sold out in like you know what a day and so we're having a vip event on friday night we even uh got the special at the capital city hilton and downtown uh baton rouge y'all that's where i'm gonna be staying all weekend if you want a room, call them up. It be for the 18th and the 19th or the combination thereof. Call them up and tell them you're booking it with – if if you call them in person, tell them you're booking it with Real Life, Real Crime, and you get the discount. I think it's like 50 bucks off. If you book it online, you at the end when you go to, to sign out, punch in the code RLRC, and it'll give you our discount, our room rate discount. But anyway, the doors open at 7. I'm going to take the stage probably about 8, something like that. Uh, I mean, it's adults only, the world-famous Texas Club, and I can promise you it's going to be the podcast, 
that's so adult you couldn't dream of. I've been holding on to this one, okay? Second annual crew bash. And then once I get done, I'm going to go to the, the sides area uh, um, and sign autographs and take pictures with everybody that wants to, uh, as long as you want to, just like I did last year. But meanwhile, the Chase Tyler Band is going to take the stage. And, y'all, it's a concert. It's more, it's not just a show. It's a concert. They rock the house. And it's going to be a, a great time. And they'll be playing for a couple hours, and including his new song, Garth Kind of Night. And Chase was just inducted into Louisiana Country Music Hall of Fame at the Texas Club the, uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving before COVID happened. So, y'all, it, the governor has... Bars now open again in the state of Louisiana, but seating only. So we were only able to sell X amount of tickets while it's seating only. When we expect the restrictions are going to be relaxed in May, if not done away with, and certainly will be by June, and we will put the rest of the tickets on sale, and we'll have the whole full house. And if it doesn't happen, then, then it, the, the, yeah, congratulations to y'all that got the tickets because you'll get a more intimate event. But the Texas Club is set up. Totally different than the Basin last year. Y'all were, were, you know, half of you couldn't hear and shit like this. This place is for concerts. They've had the best. Go look it up. They've had the best country music people over the years. Uh, uh, a lot of them started out their their careers there before they got real big names. So, anyway, I will be doing a commercial. We'll do, do a drop with, with Chase Tyler once the restrictions get uh, released and I don't think there'll be any tickets left for y'all to buy but if they are it's um, it's R-L-R-C K-R-E-W-E B-A-S-H dot eventbrite dot com that's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com I don't think there'll be any left but put it in your hat for later on so I love and appreciate each and every one of you thank you so much Courtney Coco wee Justice for Courtney Coco 2021, y'all. I'm telling you, just keep your family in the prayers, and we're going to keep fighting for justice for Courtney, and stay tuned on that one. And then Miss Barbara Blunt, absolutely, the disappearance date is coming up again. The things are relaxing. Things are moving. Please continue to call in your tips. It's very, very, very important. That's all I can say about that. And... If you are from, let me check this out. Let me look it up real quick. We were number one, Real Life for Real Crime, the podcast, was the number one podcast, according to Apple Podcast Rankings in Malta, M-A-L-T-A, wherever the hell you're at, Malta. We appreciate it yesterday. So if you're in Malta and you want to be an organ donor, then go to Lopa, L-O-P-A dot org. And there's a form there, and you can fill it out. Of course, Louisiana, y'all, you, you can fill it out or anywhere across the world. Fill out that form, become an organ donor, be a hero, save a life. April is Organ Donor Awareness Month. We are going to do something special on that, uh, I think, starting next week. So it just means a lot, y'all. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are dying. But a lot of people are living because there are heroes out there. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Get
is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Template. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.